You are listening to episode number two of the High Fiber Podcast. Hello and welcome. Today I am so excited to be talking to you about camels. And yes, I know you might be thinking camels, that's an odd place to start. However, in my intro episode, if you have just come from there, I left a little cookie crumb talking about camels and a breed of camel that has literally survived nuclear fallout in part due to their hair. So I'm super excited. I love fibers. I love learning about where they come from, the animals or the plants that sort of create these amazing things that we get to use in our spinning practice. And camels just completely stole my heart. So I hope you enjoy this episode. We're going to cover the different breeds of camels, where they are, how we can help with conservation efforts, and also how wonderful camel fiber is to spin. So settle in, relax, and let's go. You're listening to the High Fiber Podcast, where we chase those high vibe feelings while keeping it crafty. So pack your project bag, because we're going on a worldwide adventure to discover the magical, mysterious, and heartwarming stories behind the fibers we love to spin, knit, and squish. In this podcast, I'll be getting up close and personal with sheep, camels, goats, and people to answer all the questions you've ever had about fiber. I'm your host, Kelly Mason, mum, wife, and animal lover from rural Australia. I've never met a natural yarn I didn't like. So let's get excited and get ready to shower them with high fiber vibes. Hello and welcome. I am so excited to be here today talking to you about camels and I figured we'd just jump straight in because I know you're dying to hear more about them. Now first up I'll actually just kind of give you like a really quick overview of camels because some of this information was definitely new to me when I first started getting really excited about camel fiber for my spinning and the first thing to note I think is that there's actually three different species of camels. I didn't know this I thought there was maybe two. Anyhow there's the Bactrian camel, the wild Bactrian camel and the dromedary camel. Now, the dromedary camel is likely the first one that many people think of because it's, I guess, very iconic. It has one hump and you'll often see it, you know, in front of the pyramids or like in the desert at an oasis, something like that. So the dromedary camel is native to the Middle East and it has one hump and it's just beautiful. The other two species of camel, the wild and the Bactrian camel, are native to Central Asia and they have two humps. So that's like a really easy, you know, like <laughs> camels 101. Do they have one hump or two hump? You can kind of tell where they come from and what species they are. So it's exciting because camels are beautiful and as you can see they're in the Middle East and Asia. But the camels that we kind of talk about when we're looking at spinning fibers are Bactrian camels. And this is because dromedary camels don't really have much fur, like they're pretty clean skin, they have very short fibers. Whereas the Bactrian camel has like a really big, almost like a fleece. So the Bactrian camel is kind of the one I'm going to focus on today, but we are going to touch on the wild Bactrian camel because it's a really fascinating story with like genetic testing and nuclear weapons. So we're definitely going to touch on them. But first of all, I thought I would just introduce you to the Bactrian camel. Now the Bactrian camel lives on the Mongol steppe 
region, so Mongolia, China, Kazakhstan, that kind of region. And those three countries actually have the greatest populations, Mongolia, China, and Kazakhstan. So that's where the majority of the Bactrian camel population is centred. Bactrian camels are entirely domesticated today. They have been since at least 2500 BC. So they have a really long history of being used by societies for many different things. Historically, they were ridden by more wealthy people. Uh, they've always been used for like meat, milk, leather. They're used for pack as pack animals and for transportation. They even featured in the Indian Army uh, because they're able to carry really large packs and travel long distances relatively quickly. So throughout history, they've been very important to different communities for many different reasons. Now, the Bactrian camel is actually the biggest camel. It stands over seven feet tall at the hump. That's a couple of feet taller than me. <laughs> it's really big. And they're very heavy too. They can weigh in at around 800 kilos or 1,800 pounds when fully grown. So they're, they're pretty big. I've never stood next to a Bactrian camel, but I can imagine I would feel very small. <laughs> now, Bactrian camels look very similar to dromedary camels in the face. They have those like stunning, beautiful eyelashes that make everyone jealous. You know, like a really split, divided upper lip super long tongue and they actually have their nostrils this is so cool their nostrils can actually seal shut like close their little nostrils to keep out the dust isn't that amazing it's so smart and they have two toes on each foot with kind of like a tough pad on the bottom their life expectancy is up to 50 years, which is amazing, like very long for such a large animal. And their coats or their fiber, their fur, is such a key element to their survival because they live in areas with very um, big extremes. They go from like well below freezing in winter to very hot in summer. And their fur and their fiber is what kind of helps regulate their temperature. Now, I will just tell you quickly a little bit about camel fiber. If you are a spinner or you're new to spinning, camel fiber is not super common. Like you don't see it everywhere. It's a little bit harder to find. You can definitely find it. It is so amazing. Camels are, or Bactrian camels are double coated. So they have that layer of fiber next to their skin that's really soft and really beautiful to spin and then they have the outer layer consisting of more like hair like guard hair and these guard hairs are pretty coarse and you're not gonna make you know a camel uh, scarf out of guard hair it would be so itchy so they're really wonderful because not only are they used for you know like pack transportation milk all those things they actually have like a dual purpose coat so their outer fibers can be used to make rugs and bags and like you know heavy duty items you're not going to be wearing next to your skin and then the downy fibers next to their skin are used for like luxury items the micron count of the fiber that we do use for spinning is around 20 to 23 microns and that's really quite soft that's pretty comparable to like super fine merino so it's a beautiful fiber and that's why you often see it in like a luxury item is camel fiber so the fiber itself is actually pretty cool in that it can come off naturally so most fiber producing animals need some kind of human intervention to shear them because that's the way we've bred them camels actually can be left to shed naturally. Now, I'm not saying that that's the way it goes because I've seen many, many videos and read many articles where Bactrian camels are shorn and that's fine, but they can actually shed naturally. So it depends on the, you know, the, the organization you purchase your fiber from, whether it was shorn or collected. Historically, 
the trailer was the person who would actually follow the caravan of camels. Like when people were more nomadic and the camels were allowed to roam, there was a person called a trailer and they would actually follow along behind the camels and pick up the fur as it got shed during the hot months. Isn't that cool? Okay, so that's sort of a little bit about like the fiber and the Bactrian camel and they're just so beautiful. They come in a wide range of colors as well. So you can get Bactrian camel fiber that's like a really sandy brown color or you can get it all the way up to like a deep chocolate brown and you have to do yourself a favor. Check out the blog post that's linked in the show notes here because they are so beautiful to look at. Like just they're such stunning creatures. I don't know what it is, but they've completely stolen my heart and I think they're so pretty. <laughs> so definitely have a look because they're really quite breathtaking I think and also then combined with their scenery it's just such a beautiful a whole beautiful package okay so I have made you wait long enough there is actually kind of a closer relative to the Bactrian camel and that is the wild Bactrian camel so it is actually a separate species and they've done all kinds of genetic testing to sort of clarify this or confirm this I guess the wild Bactrian camel is <laughs> called Camelus ferris, and it's actually facing extinction, which is really sad. So that's why I definitely wanted to include it because they're amazing. They're so resilient, but they're also critically endangered. So they were listed as critically endangered in 2008. And I found out that according to the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, there's less than 1,000 wild Bactrian camels worldwide. And that whole thousand population actually is just in four locations across Mongolia and China. So very isolated pockets of wild Bactrian camels are left and they're almost solely found in the Gobi Desert. So the threat to their survival is very real. Now, they're kind of threatened due to quite a few factors, but human expansion is a huge one. Mining and industrial development, interbreeding is also kind of having an impact, you know, being bred with Bactrian camels, weakens their genetics, and then they're also hunted for both food and sport. Their only natural predator is the gray wolf, and that is obviously an issue, but it seems like kind of like human, <laughs> as with many species, unfortunately, the human factors are much more detrimental and much more impactful. So back to the Gobi Desert, there are actually two sanctuaries which have been established to help preserve the wild Bactrian camel, which is amazing. There's also a captive breeding program in Mongolia, so there are definitely people really trying to help save the species. Now, for the really cool, like, crazy fact about when I read this, I was just like, what? No, I must be, you know, I must be, like, not understanding. However, it is true. So the wild Bactrian camels live in the Gobi Desert, and the Gobi Desert has been used in the past to test nuclear weapons, like open-air nuclear testing has occurred there several times in China. And these camels still live there. They lived there then and they live there now. So their coats and their fibers actually protect them against certain levels of radiation. So it's not to say that they're completely unaffected by radiation because of their fiber, but their fiber actually helps protect their bodies from radiation, which is absolutely amazing. I was just like, what? Like, I'm, I'm just... I'm speechless. You can tell. I just think that is so cool that there's this animal that's so resilient. They also drink salt water, like actual salt water and brackish water, like the black, you know, without any ill effects. That's completely normal to them. And they function perfectly well drinking salt water. Like how resilient are these wild Bactrian camels? They're so amazing. 
So I hope you enjoyed that little. There are very, I guess, forgotten species in a lot of things. They look a little bit disheveled, I guess you could say. You can definitely see the difference between the wild Bactrian camel and the Bactrian camel. The wild camels look a little bit more like uneven and a little bit unkempt, but they're still so beautiful. So anything we can do to help them, I think is wonderful. I will definitely put links in the show notes to a really great uh, foundation that is working to protect the wild Bactrian camel. So definitely have a look at that. Now, one more really cool thing I just wanted to mention about camels because I feel like most of us think that camel humps store water, but that's not actually what they are. They are fat deposits. Now, I don't know if this is like a childhood myth that, you know, like some book somewhere told us all that camel humps have water in them, but they don't. And I was quite shocked to learn that. So camels actually store fat in their humps that then gets converted back into energy, you know, when food is scarce. And these fat stores actually get depleted. And what happens is something that I have never seen before, is that when the fat stores start to become depleted, the humps actually like fall over and become really saggy. So their profile turns, you know, from like a really you know, striking like up and down with their two humps. They've got these two like saggy, floppy humps on their back as they use those fat stalks, which I thought was very comical. They do need to drink water, however, especially they can go long periods without water, but they're a little bit like a sponge, I guess. Like they can drink 100 litres or 30 gallons in 13 minutes. Like they can just sit and like suck it all in and then they can go for at least 72 hours without more water. So they're very water efficient, but they don't store water in their humps. They also will eat snow or just eat really moist plants. For up to a week, you know, they don't actually need to drink. They can get moisture other ways, which I thought was amazing. So it's no wonder they're just thriving in such, you know, harsh sort of climates or extreme climates, I should say. So that's almost the end. I just wanted to give you a few tips if you're going to be spinning camel fiber for the first time. It's really beautiful, really soft. Camel fibers are a little bit short, so that's probably the main thing I would mention is that the staple length is a little bit shorter, so something like a woolen spun yarn is probably very well suited. You can spin it from a bat or Rolex, anything you want. Camel fibers sort of microscopically are hollow and they have scales on the outside surfaces, So, but the scales are kind of a little bit softer than like a lot of sheep breeds. So it's just a very soft, very beautiful fiber, a little bit shorter than what you might be more used to working with, but really adaptable. So if you do get the chance to spin some camel, I hope that you can think back to our amazing, beautiful super smart animals that survive nuclear fallout and conceal their nostrils against the dust. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I had so much fun getting all excited about camels with you. I just think they're so beautiful. And if you would like to help support the conservation effort, have a look in the show notes. I've linked foundation there, which is just a really beautiful one, helping the wild Bactrian camel. And of course, I also have the link to my blog post where you can see lots of beautiful photos of all the different types of camels we spoke about today. And until next time, happy spinning. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you loved this episode. I love sharing my passion and my enthusiasm for fiber with you. I have one quick favor to ask. If you love this podcast, could you please leave me a review and a quick rating? Or send this episode to a friend you think would love to hear it. You can always send me an email, kelly at spindleandcompany.com.au. 
with suggestions or questions or praise. <laughs> and yes, I know, email, it's a bit old school. But you won't find me on socials at the moment because I'm working really hard to be more present in my daily life. Until next time, happy spinning!